Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done. To a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Hey, welcome to episode six. Can't believe it's uh, already been that long. Uh, So what, that's uh, six weeks. And actually, it's kind of flying by for me. uh, this, This project has been one that's been both a challenge and also has been quite a joy actually to be able to record these episodes it kind of keeps me on my toes and um yeah like I I just I just I just love thinking about content and what to what to speak about and how to speak about it recently I've been feeling like I haven't been speaking a lot about this um you know this the the fatherhood stuff uh, maybe like maybe loosely attached you know I'm, I'm I'm serving the father and and so maybe that's kind of the connection here is that I'm talking about things that really helps a father to think more deeply about himself and thus further his um, his own development as a father. In today's episode, uh, I want to entitle it Like Father, Like Son. And there's this thing about um, movies, and actually, you know, there's a movie uh, from Japan called Like Father, Like Son, and I highly recommend it to you. But there's something about movies that whenever we, like, okay, so before you become a father, I'll use myself as an example, as I always do, is when we, you know, in the news, you read about things that, you know, something happening to a family or to a child, it doesn't really emotionally hit you the way once you become a father, you know, it does, Uh, you know, you, you, now, whenever I go back and I watch and and even just like watching movies that, um, you know, fathers are in or there's children in there, like I feel I feel it more and, and probably because there's this like deep heart connection to the child and, you know, the empathy of that and, and feeling the emotions of the father in that in that moment. It's it's a. I love I love the fact that meanings change once you become a father or they they deepen and the emotions deepen once you become a father. Now today's episode is called Like Father Like Son because of that movie. And you know, I don't mean to spoil anything for anybody and so if you're a huge movie buff and you don't like movies being spoiled for you, then maybe you should pause it right now and just go and watch that movie before you listen to this podcast because I really do want to talk about some of the stuff that I saw in the movie and how applicable it is to this re- this world and also how uh, brutally honest and, uh, y- y- you know, it's a few years old, but still it's very applicable and very indicative of the times that we live in as as fathers and so the the movie itself is this basic premise of this, you know, it starts out with this very wealthy, you know, prototypical Japanese family. And the father is, 
you know, if you know anything about the Japanese culture, the male is kind of the leader. And, you know, it's, it's like, if the wife is expecting me to be home at six o'clock, well, because I'm the man, I'm going to show up whenever I want to. So, you know, I'll show up at seven or eight or whatever. And it's just a domineering kind of thing. And so this is this the, the prototypical family. And, you know, everything starts out great. You know, they're amazing family. You know, the means are being met you know, well, and, but then you really start to see that there's issues between the father and the son. And that's because there's this lack, there's this distance, there's this bridge that the father is not willing to, to jump to, you know, be a better man and be a better father. And to the point where, you know, the school is lying, you know, is helping this child lie so that he can pass his exams and stuff. I, I, there's probably a weird dynamic there that I'm not understanding, but, um, Anyways, as the story unfolds, they, they realize that, or, or the, the hospital that th this child was born in reaches out to them and tells them that the, the kid is, may not be theirs, um, that there may have been a mistake in, in this child swapping thing where got misappropriated. This was one of the worst nightmares I had um, whenever we were about to have my son Davian, uh, you know, in China, it was that this happens all the time is kids being mistaken for another and families walking away going separate ways with with children that weren't theirs and so they're living this nightmare um you know in the movie and suddenly this kid that they had raised for six years they're learning that wasn't theirs and you know all this all the dynamics of well he didn't look like me like why didn't i think of this and you know how, how could the hospital do this and and all this stuff and and man like that just hits you really hard i just instantly think of my own son it's like imagine raising him he's six now i mean that's the perfect that's exactly the age it's like looking at him it's like suddenly it's like wait he's not my child can you imagine just the emotions of that like like that that just that just blows my mind um anyways luckily no my son and I didn't let him get out of my sight as soon as he came out I was I followed him everywhere watching him closely and making sure they didn't you know mess up and so um, I can say 105 percent that's my son so anyways so the movie continues and so you know they meet the other family and you know now becomes the time of making the decision well, they're still young and, you know, the hospital will say, well, it's better for you guys to just swap them back and, you know, get on with life because, you know, obviously they want to get rid of the situation, right? Because this is going to cost them a lot of money. Um, and so, you know, eventually they, you know, come up with, okay, well, why don't we do like kind of a, you know, a slow ease in transition. And so, you know, we'll, we'll visit each other, we'll spend time together and, you know, we'll, we'll get to know one another and, and get to know our actual child. Um, and eventually it's like, okay, you know, come sleep at our place and then finally do the full move, um, kind of deal. It's interesting because the other family is not well off and they own, own a shop in the rural countryside and they, you know, have more than one child, but you can start to see that the father in that family, he's always present time is his greatest asset with his children and you know sure yeah business isn't great but you know they are able to get by and they are very happy and the children 
adore him. They just absolutely adore him. And not the not that the other kid doesn't, but there's this there's different models of how they're running their family. The prototypical wealthy family was running it based on independence and hard work. Uh, so the kid was, you know, learning piano and, you know, the, the dad was always like, you know, if you're not going to put your effort in it, you might as well just give up, you know, kind of thing. And, and there's this beautiful moment in the, in this, in the movie where the two fathers are sitting there watching their kids play at a jungle Jack, uh, you know, it's just like a, you know, like a bouncy house place or something. Um, and you know, they're having a conversation and the one, the one port, not the port, I won't call him the poor dad, but the more present dad, you know, tells him, Hey, like, you know, you need to, you need to spend time with your child. And, and the other guy's response is like, yeah, there's different kinds of families. You know, we're not that kind of family. And, uh, you know, there's something they do in Japan where they, they all bathe together. They all shower and take baths together. And, you know, the, the wealthy family doesn't do that. They don't, they don't do that, you know, the child probably takes his own bath and then, you know, mom takes a bath and then dad takes a bath. Anyways, it's just a family unity thing. And, you know, the wealthy dad, obviously he doesn't spend much time with his fam- family, at all, if, if, if at all. And there's this beautiful scene where he, where the, you know, the wealthy man says, you know, he quotes, he's, he says, there are things at work that only I can do. And then there's this pause and this moment of silence and the other father just looks at him and just and just says, but no one can play the role of the father other than you. And I mean, like, you know, that's like an arrow straight to the heart for the for the wealthy dad. It's like, well, touche, right? Like, I, you know, it's it, it's it's the truth. You know, how many of us fathers out there work a career with a specialty that only we can do? and hold on to that you know i'll be you know it might not be anything with the ego or or you know with the expertise but holding that thought and you know advancing in career and essentially placing career over over our family the interesting thing is was as soon as as soon as that you know the the present dad the the not so wealthy dad said that I was, you know, the first thing that crossed my mind was like, man, even though you are the only person that can do those things, you are still expendable. The company will always be able to find somebody out there that's able to replace you if anything were to happen to you. But the same cannot be said about the fatherhood. Like you cannot be replaced. And, and the, the, the interesting thing about the movie is, is later on, they do the you know the child swap and the one kid from the, the 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 poor family going to the wealthy family he is not adjusting well and the reason he's not adjusting well is because of this 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 bridge suddenly the bridge that he had with his father collapsed his father his new father or his his original blood father is now this disconnected disjointed father figure if you can even call him that and the child is just left reeling for a, a, a father in his life a present one now there's another scene in the movie where he where the where the the wealthy guy was just like you know well why don't i just 
buy out both kids. I'll take them both. And because clearly the other family's not wealthy enough. And, you know, to a point where he actually approached them and said that to them, and they were just absolutely insulted because, you know, no family's selling their kids. Let's just be honest. And especially not a present one where they care about, not that the wealthy one didn't care, but just the, you know, anyways, tried to buy out both of them and said that, you know, well, I have the financial means to take care of these two children. I am the more likely candidate to do that. And I just thought, man, isn't that so indicative of our world is, is so many fathers out there just think it's all merely about providing means to the children and forgetting that that's not what it's all about. And that was the the lesson in, in, in that scene was that that is not what fatherhood is about. And, and he tried that it was with the, 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 the child coming, the real actual child coming back, blood child coming back and trying to buy him new things. And, you know, his toy broke. And so he was like, Hey, just give it to your mother. And you, you know, your mother will just buy you another one is that that approach didn't work. And, like, yeah, just multiple instances in that movie, you can, you can kind of see, like, this child is just begging for some kind of relationship, some kind of connection, and just not getting it, and, and what that what that meant to him. And and that just, you know, that just pains me. That, that, that makes me think of this broken world that we live in, and how fathers are playing such a... Uh, how do I say this? Like a basic role, um, one in which that we're just providing. We're just the wallet. We're just the we're just the provider of the vacation funds, or you know. And, and yes, I'm not saying that children are not to be provided for. That is one one of the areas of things that we must lead as men is to provide for our families. But more than that, our time is very valuable. Uh, our, our time, our present time with our children is very, very valuable. To their growth, to their development, to the memories that they form with their, with their fathers, it is absolutely imperative. There's, there's no way a boy is going to become the man that he can become without having a father figure. I'm not saying that women or mothers can't facilitate that, but there are only some things that only a man can bring. And, you know, this movie in itself, when I was watching it, really did, you know, strike a chord within me. Because I feel like I'm balancing between the two. By no means am I wealthy or rich or anything. But, you know, even the time that I use to focus into the business takes me away from the father that I can be present with my with my child. Now, that's not to say that I work 10 hours, okay? Don't get me wrong. There are times where I step away. And actually, frequently, actually, is just step away and just go and spend time with my, my son. 
you know, my son likes to play Minecraft. And so sometimes when I have a time slot around after afternoon where we've just finished lunch and my son gets to play Minecraft, I'll just drop everything and go play with him. And that's not something that is easily afforded by fathers out there. I, I understand. And so I like to take advantage as, as, as much as I can. But to be honest today, like I, whoa, <laughs> a bird just hit my tree, uh, hit my, hit my window. So I probably might've heard that thud on the, and come through on the mic. Um, anyways, the, ah, what was I even saying? I was talking about playing Minecraft with my son. Oh yes. I wanted to be honest and, and, and say that, you know, I'm in this weird kind of middle ground where, you know, yeah, you know, sometimes the business, you know, isn't, I'm, I'm an early stage, I guess you could still say. And, you know, the business isn't to the point that I would like it. Um, and you know, sometimes, you know, when you put more time to the business, you, your relationship and your, your role as a father suffers a little. And so, um, I'm kind of in this weird place, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm juggling both and it's not an easy, it's definitely not an easy balance. And so I feel for you guys out there, fathers that, you know, are working hard and, but also trying to be present with your children. You know, the, the thing that I always come back to is try to find something that comes to life, that makes you come to life. The work that you do is life-giving so that your cup is not so empty when you're home and it doesn't take you too much time to de-stress. Now, stress in itself is, is, a, is a huge deal in, in modern day. So many diseases come from the stress we face. A little bit of stress is good. Don't get me wrong. A little bit of stress is good. It actually does help the body in some way. But when we oversaturate it and we let it get out of control, that is whenever our immune system starts to shut down. And that's whenever diseases um, start taking over. And so I think it would be wise to say that some of the most inconspicuous, I'll say, diseases and things that we face as a human being nowadays can be attributed to the stress we face in the world. If you look back over the last decade, man, I, I can't, I, I, don't, I don't know when has there ever been a time that's been as stressful as the last 10 years. And I mean, that's not to say even just like the last like 100 years even of the things that we've come through as a world population. How much of that can contribute to the mental adverse of, you know, health effects that we're seeing in the world today. And that just doesn't, and that, that may not even manifest in itself with just the current generation. It could be that what we suffer currently affects the generation after afterwards. Now, here's a good example. And, 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 you know, not anything like super adverse health effects like cancer or, you know, you know, that, that sort of illness. But my mother growing up was... She was essentially the youngest child. She was the fifth daughter, and then she had two younger brothers beneath her. But in, in the culture that she grew up in, males are um, seen as above her. And so because she was the youngest girl, 
and had two younger brothers who were seen as, I guess, above her, that essentially she was the youngest. And so everything, not everything fell to her, but like she took the brunt of a lot of, you know, family, sister stuff and, you know, siblinghood and whatever you want to call it. She grew up with major stress, major stress. And this probably manifested itself into the four children that she ended up having. So me being the oldest. Each, all four of us in in our family have stress management issues, like coping mechanism issues. So, you know, I'll, I'll be specific. For myself, I nail bite. I'm a big nail biter. Um, you know, the skin around it, like everything is just, when I get nervous, I will just get to that. And I also have this patch on my head that um, when I was 22, I want to say, it overnight developed into two patches of white over my head. And over that summer, it grew into this singular patch. From the specialist, the dermatologist said that, man, you know, if it continues this way, potentially it could be that, you know, one half of your, your body would be all white and the other side would be normal still. Essentially, it'd be like Two-Face from Batman. And if you like Batman, you'd understand the reference there. Um, so I was definitely not looking for looking forward to that. Um, yeah, that year I was dealing with a lot of stuff, um, some of which I won't go into details with right now. Um, my brother, uh, who's beneath me, underneath me, he's two years younger than I am. He had... He has, you know, sweating issues, and so he will sweat profusely in the hands, you know, everywhere else, and and um, you know, my sister, you know, my my sister that's uh, younger than my brother has issues with stress too. She manages things in different ways, and and then also the youngest, the youngest has a lot of the a lot of issues, migraines, and to the point where sometimes she can't see, and and so you know, where am I going with this? Stress is really got to manage those, moderate it, you know, control the things that you can control. Mindfulness is one of those things that you can't control as an individual. And, you know, in, in my work with fathers, I hear a lot of times, there's a lot of things that are outside of our control, especially like custody battles and divorces and, and all this stuff. It's so easy for us to be like, oh, why is my wife doing that? Why is my ex-wife doing this to me? Or why is she doing this? And why is this circumstance this way? You can ask all the whys in the world, but if you can't control it right away, then you need to just let it go and take back your mind for what it is. And and that's where it comes to this mindfulness management, this this stress management, and and one of the best ways that I I've that have helped me really to reframe stress and what it can do to us is that we are actually decreasing our overall lifespan to be with our children by letting stress get out of hand. And we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what this stress can do to us because it affects each of us in different ways. And so we need to really be careful and manage it um, appropriately. We don't want any kind of this generational damage like I've spoken about for myself. You know, I have other examples that I can provide, but I'm not going to right now. 
And just to remind, right, based on that movie, is that time is the most important resource. Spending time with your children is going to be more valuable to them than the things you provide for them. I don't know how many Lego sets I've bought my son, but it'll only take a couple of weeks before those things get old. But I can tell you there's one thing that doesn't get old, and that's my time with him. And that's the memories that I make with him, the, the, the time spent playing with him and just enjoying him and the space that we share together and reading to him and hugging him, playing with him, being silly with him, uh, taking him to the park and riding bikes with him. And, and my daughter, too. I'm not just saying this about my son, but I hope this encourages you guys to really think deeply about the time that you spend and how you're spending it. Because we're really not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's always the thing that always comes back to me is that we don't know what's going to happen. And so we what we really must live each day to its fullest and be as present as we can doing it. So hopefully this is an encouragement to you. I don't know where I want to go with this episode now. I don't want to make it go too far and speak about too many things, and nor do I want to ramble. And so I just want to bless you guys this week. Have an amazing week. And yeah, I, I want to encourage you. Take some time and really just sit and be in awe of your children and just appreciate what it took to sit there, to admire your children, to even have them around you, and how lucky you truly are to be a father to them. All right, hope this encourages you all. Be blessed. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.